Hello and welcome to the Herbicane Podcast. My name is Simon Osmo and I'm a former UK police detective turned entrepreneur and mindset coach. And on this podcast, I talk with impactful individuals from around the world who have navigated a life pivot, found themselves for a self-discovery to find that thing that we've all been looking for, a happy and fulfilled life. So the excuses are over, my friend. It's time to change our thinking so that we can change our lives and come join me as we dive into this week's conversation to learn how they became who they became. Hey friend, I want to tell you real quick about today's podcast episode. I'm joined by Jamie Coleman. Now she became an entrepreneur at only 15 years old, created a $100,000 a year business. Incredible story. And she is the host of the Mums Freedom Maker podcast. And she recently had her own life pivot, learning the balance between business and motherhood following the birth of her son. And she's also helping me with my personal passive income journey. So I know you're going to really enjoy meeting Jamie and getting to know her. So three things that we're going to learn. How she created that six-figure business at 15. How being a mother has changed her thinking in her life. And what she realized when she recently sold all her possessions when she moved from Hawaii back to the American mainland. But before we dive into the episode, I just want to say a personal thank you from me. We just reached the top 5% of global podcasts. I couldn't do it without you each week. We do this podcast for you. So thank you for listening no matter where you are in the world. And today's call to action, can I ask you to leave a review on Apple iTunes? It means so much to me and also the growth of the podcast when people leave reviews. And as always, if you get something from today's episode, please share with a friend or someone in your circle of influence. But hey, let's dive straight into this week's conversation with my new friend, Jamie Coleman. Well, Jamie, welcome to the Overcame Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. Yeah, I am as well. And it's really great because I know a few months ago I appeared on your podcast and we had a lot of fun. Um, so I'm really excited for you to come on my podcast, meet my listeners and, and viewers on YouTube, and they're going to get so much from this conversation because you have a very interesting and unique background. I mean, you started your business when you were 15, and we'll, we'll definitely touch on that or one of your businesses, I should say, when you're 15. But maybe tell my listeners a little bit about who you are and what, what you do now. Tell them what you do now, Jamie. Yeah, it's so great to be here. My name is Jamie Coleman, and I did start my first business when I was 15 years old. But at this point in life, I'm all about lifestyle design and really building something that you're very passionate about, but without getting weighed down by all of the other things that come with entrepreneurship. And so my journey has really oh my gosh, I can't even begin to explain the amount of transformation that I've gone through throughout this process. But it's been full of ups and downs and really just figuring out who do you need to become on this journey. And that's why I've been so excited to come on your podcast, Simon, because the Who I Became podcast, it speaks of everything you go through on this journey. It's all about who you become in the way. And if I would have known at 15 years old that I would become the person that I am today, I probably wouldn't have believed you because I didn't even see it coming. Yeah. And it's interesting because one of the areas I like to focus on is like transformation. And we go through so many different transformations in our lives and also purpose as well. I interviewed actually my, one of my pastors about um, sort of purpose, you know, and 
appeals to beliefs. You know, there's several different times in our life where our purpose gets reinvented or gets changed. You know, we don't just have one purpose or, or calling in our life. And um, so I'm really interested to sort of dive into your, your journey then. So, so let's go straight in. So, so tell us you are a 15 year old young girl living in, were you in, um, I forget where you were, were you Florida at the time when this business happened? Nebraska. Ne- Nebraska. Okay. So, so tell us about how you discovered your entrepreneurial spirit when you were 15 years old. Absolutely. So I was working for a company that was replacing automotive parts. And what was happening is that as people would be purchasing new parts, the old ones were being either thrown away or put into a type of storage unit facility where eventually they made their way into the landfill because they needed to clear space. So as a 15-year-old, I was very environmentally conscious, and I was seeing this happen every single day. I mean, the guys would unload their trucks and just dump them all into this massive dumpster right outside of the shop. And one day... I just remember hiking myself up onto this dumpster and I was literally dangling there. My feet were up in the air and I was fishing these automotive parts out of the dumpster. And so I go home, I'm on my hands and knees, just grimy, dirty, scrubbing these things. And I ended up taking pictures of them, listing them up on eBay for 99 cents each in a seven day auction. That night I was sitting around the TV with my family and my phone was just going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching and people wow. were beating them up like crazy. And that's when my whole world changed because as my friends were working at like the local movie theater, a coffee shop, just, you know, for minimum wage, I was doing this and it really opened me up to passive income. And while at the time it wasn't necessarily passive because I was doing a lot of work for this stuff. It was in the sense where I could be on the beach with my family and make $300, $500 while I wasn't working. So that really shifted my reality and shifted my mindset around entrepreneurship. And I would even say from the time I was first introduced to school, I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I felt like the odd kid out, to be honest. And this was the first time I really felt lit up by something and that I could really follow my passions and carve out my unique place in this world. So I was really motivated at a young age, I would say. Wow. I mean, it's, it's a powerful story. It really is. It's interesting. And I'd love to try and see, and I bet you can't remember, but I'm going to ask the question because it's going around in my head. So you're 15 years old, you're inside this automotive parts you know, place, and there's always stuff in a dumpster. Can you remember, or have you tried to reflect on what was it that suddenly made your brain say there's a click and you say there's opportunity here or I'm going to go and explore because you could have just I don't know what you do as a 15 year old girl you know try try not to work maybe or, or just like you know do, do you do what what suddenly made you think I need to get in that dumpster have you ever reflected what that was you know I'm not sure I I, I really believe it's the fact that environmentally, I didn't like seeing the stuff get thrown away. And I figured there has to be a type of value here. And I would say that's when it shifted. And as soon as I realized there was a value, I actually asked if I could buy the whole warehouse from them. And wow. $500 at, later, at they 15, were all good. You're 15 years old, and you're going into negotiate to buy like an entire warehouse yeah. of stuff. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it wow. was pretty wild. And so tell us a little bit about your, your sort of schooling journey from there then. So, I mean, I know you went to Creighton University, correct? That was my fiance, actually, but that's oh. how we met. Oh, he did you? Okay. In, he was at Creighton and he was in Nebraska. So that's where I met my fiance. But my journey is a little bit different. So he's, yeah, got tell us about your journey. <laughs> he's got a doctorate. He went to school for many, many years, but 
I, on the other hand, um, I was homeschooled for my last couple of years of high school. And then from there, I actually didn't go to college at all until I met him. And he kind of was, I don't know, he didn't really talk me into it, but I saw his journey and I was pretty inspired by it. So I took a few courses and then I was reminded once again that (laughs) that really wasn't the path for me. So that's really where my schooling ends in the traditional sense but I've invested heavily into personal development. So it's basically, I I believe this comes from homeschooling because I learned how to teach myself at a young age. And so I turned to the self-development, you know, personal education industry for this. So anytime I wanted to learn something, I would find the best of the best in the world teaching it, hire them and learn from them. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because as you're talking, Uh, A good friend of mine uh, started a company when he was 19, sold it just around 30 for like 22 million pounds, maybe about $25 million. But he also, he did maybe like a semester, so this is in England, but he did maybe like one semester at school and thought, this isn't for me, I need to focus on my my business. So I think when you look at life pivots, I really understand where you are because I think your, it seems to be your earliest life pivot was around a determination that sort of the conventional path of getting a nine to five, getting a job, you know, working with someone else wasn't really for you. And it seems to then been that your, your path has always led you on this entrepreneurial journey where you've made your own decisions and you've controlled your own destiny. Would, would you sort of agree with that? Absolutely. Now, I did try the traditional nine to five path for a while. Yeah, I was going to ask if you, have you ever worked for someone else? How did that go? You know, it was fine. Uh, I was aftermarket manager at a local car dealership. So that came with extremely long hours. I was working way more than I should have been. And I remember I purchased this brand new Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. Gorgeous, gorgeous Jeep Wrangler. And I just remember sitting at my desk and literally watching the seasons change outside of that window. And I'd see my Jeep Wrangler right there in the parking lot. But I asked my manager at the time, he was the GM of the dealership, if I could go to Colorado, right? I really wanted to off-road, take my vehicle somewhere awesome, go have an adventure. And I was told that I couldn't do it. And I think that was a moment for me where I realized this really wasn't for me. You know, I was making really good money for a 21-year-old but it just didn't align with the life that I wanted. And I really knew then that I had to make a change. And that's when I really shut that down. I just went in there and I quit. And I moved to Florida for a little while to live near my mom. And yeah, I just realized that it wasn't for me. And so I had to figure out something else. Well, I think most people, sort of most true entrepreneurs, and you're definitely a true entrepreneur by your, by your background, you know, I think most probably when you talk to them and all say, you know, the corporate world or working for someone else isn't for me, they would, they would hate it. My, my friend who I mentioned sold his company, he would be like a caged lion if you asked him to go and work for someone else and take orders from, from someone else. But so let's just finish up about that business then. So you, you started at 15, you ended up buying all the parts from them. I mean, how long did that run for? And did you sell it or just wind up the company? What, what happened to the, the sort of the, the spare parts business in the automotive world? Well, uh, there's still some spare parts downstairs where I'm at right now. <laughs> uh, but I know I still run the business today, but I don't do, well, get my hands dirty uh, as much as I have shippers for me now. Wow. And, and so what do you do? So you still like sort of repurpose old um, used car parts? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's still going strong uh, this long after. And I would say the uh, popularity for the items is only going to keep increasing as time passes. So. 
Wow. Well, that's, that's, it's incredible. Incredible story really is. Yeah. And so when we look at, you said it moved into um, self-development, but a question was going around through my head before then. So, I mean, I hear, like I said, maybe people listen to this and they hear your story that there was an opportunity, you know, you turned um, a product which was out of nothing really just from an idea and you've sort of built this company in a very successful company and we should say that you're 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 not 15 now you're a lady so i won't say your age but you know you've had this business for for, for many years and, and growing it and obviously very successful now do you think an entrepreneur is something that someone just is tied into risk seeing opportunity knows how to develop an idea or is it something that someone can grow into? I'd love to get your perspective mm. because most people seem to have a story similar to yours, but they've never worked for someone else, didn't like it. You know, they've taken an idea from concept to actualization. Uh, what would you say? Is an entrepreneur, is a spirit born inside of you or can you nurture it if someone says, I want to be an entrepreneur? I believe it's born inside of you. I really do, but there is a place where I feel there's room for a shift. If somebody is interested in pursuing entrepreneurship. I believe there is a way to adapt that into your life, but when it comes down to it, I feel like it would be harder for somebody who wasn't really born with that mindset. It would just require a bigger shift. Yeah, and it is hard, isn't it? Because I often think, you know, I've always said that generally an entrepreneur is what someone calls you, not necessarily that you call yourself. And that's just my interpretation and my mindset. But people often sort of call themselves entrepreneurs. It's like, well, you know, I think there has to be some type of substance and basis off there. But but risk is tied in as well. I mean, you know, I don't want to dive in too much about but would you say that, you know, is risk a part of being an entrepreneur? I mean, it's very much there in the definition for sure. I would say absolutely. It requires a lot of times betting on yourself and believing in yourself when nobody else does. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say, and, and, and you, you summed it up because it is great because that, that's one where I focus a lot of time on with people is getting that, getting that self-belief. So have you always been um, someone that's believed in your own ability or have you had to sort of nurture that over, over time? You know, it's weird because always inside of me, I just knew, knew that I was meant for more, knew that if I just pursued the thing that I was working on, that even if I didn't see it now, what I was working for would reach me to that end goal or end destination that I have in mind, which I feel like it's like chasing, right? It's like the, the carrot right in front of you. You're always going to be chasing it. So will you ever reach what you want? I'm not sure. But my family didn't always support this journey, actually. And oddly enough, it took me actually showing my dad my eBay balance. eBay is where I have run this business. It was taking me showing him all of the items that I was selling in the price associated with them in order for him to really jump on board with what I was doing, which is very interesting because I feel like for a lot of people, they need that financial validation. Whereas entrepreneurs, we see what's happening. We understand that maybe the finances aren't right where they should be at the moment, but that in the future, we understand what we're working for and what we're building where other people don't. So I feel like that is a big mindset shift that would occur to somebody who maybe wasn't born with the entrepreneurial spirit is really just following the path and believing in what you're building. Yeah. And it's interesting when you say that, you know, I'm, I'm a man of faith. So every now and again, I try and intersect where, where my faith and belief takes me. And then it's very much, you know, what, what is faith if someone is a non-believer? It is believing without seeing, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. it really is. If someone says, you know, um, well, why do you believe? You know, it's like, well, you know, you need to see it to believe it. I can believe it without without seeing. So it's impactful. Yeah. And so, I mean, how does um how does it feel or how did it feel in that time then when you, you're trying to, people that should be your champion, I'm sure, you know, your parents are very on board with what you do now. 
especially with, with, with the success that comes, but when, when they can't necessarily see it, um, how are you feeling about time? Well, I thought they could see it because I would be, I, I would have probably 10 stacks of boxes every night that I was holding up like this and I'd have to yeah. like figure out my way through doors. So I thought, I thought that they saw it that way, but um, I would say it was a little bit difficult in the beginning not to feel like fully supported in that way. Uh, but I also used it as fuel. I was like, okay, if, if you guys don't believe in me, that's fine. I'm just going to do it 10 times better. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I heard um, Simon Sinek a few years ago. I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. And I heard him talk about uh, there was a race that he did in Central Park somewhere. I mean, I don't know what Simon Sinek is, is worth, 30, 40 million. But he was talking, um, if not more, I don't want to downplay his, his achievements. But I'm just throwing a number out from what I last read on, on the internet. But he was doing a race in Central Park with one of his friends. And there was like a free, free bagel was on offer at the end. Uh, you might know this story. It's quite a famous story. But he was saying that you know, he said to his friend, should we go and get a free bagel? And his friend said, well, no, the line's too long. He's like, yeah, but there's a, it's a free bagel. And he said, yeah, but, but look at the line. Yeah, and Simon Sinek, then he re realized that there was two different types of people. There's those that see the end sort of solution, the goal, and there's those that see the things that stand in their way. You know, and I think um, I, I think we can all relate to that in, in some way. There are um, people like that that see the barriers and the, and the obstacles. I'm making a big assumption here, Jamie, that you're most probably someone that sees the end goal. You don't see all the obstacles that stand in your way. Is that correct? Absolutely. But I do feel... I feel my biggest setback has been shiny object syndrome as an entrepreneur, because yes, those obstacles are there, but it's very easy to spread yourself too thin with those obstacles if you're not careful and really taking strategic moves towards that end goal. Yeah, and it's funny, so I spoke to someone, oh, I think it was a couple of days ago, but we, we talked about this and it, it came up about being impulsive as well. And, and I, I won't name who the person was, but it was a um, uh, sort of on an entrepreneurial journey, but he also sounded very impulsive to me. And I was like, okay, well, we need to look at this because if you're impulsive, you know, and being an entrepreneur, which is based on risk, you know, we're, we're heading for dis disaster here and stuff. So yeah, so I guess with the shine your object syndrome, I mean, is that you just spreading yourself too thin? Is that something you see of a lot of entrepreneurs where they take on too many um, businesses, too many things? And I can raise my hand and say, Simon's one of them. It's like, you know, which projects am I working on this minute? You know, so yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, and I think that's what we're all kind of set up for. I mean, if you think about the traditional school system, if you think about even if you've been in nine to five before, we're all set up to work long hours every day. That's just kind of how the system has programmed us. And so I found that as an entrepreneur, if you do sit down like you're at a nine to five, it's a really big problem because you find yourself doing a lot of different things that really shouldn't require your attention at all. And so through this journey, especially after I became pregnant, I realized that that business model was no longer going to work for my life moving forward. And so that's when I knew I had to make a shift from doing everything, wearing all of the hats inside of this business and in life to really just starting to remove those hats and figure out, okay, where exactly do I want to show up and how can I make sure that I'm using my energy for that main thing rather than doing all of the different things as an entrepreneur because it's very easy to get lost yeah and i think one of the things i think you said it during this interview i mean the name of your podcast is mom's free to make a podcast and i think you said earlier i hope i'm not misquoting you about you know losing the, the freedom so i mean let's maybe talk about that that as a clear self-discovery in your mind but you know you, i guess you lose that in the nine to five how, how do you gain that in what do you do i mean what, why is freedom so important to, to you 
Yeah, I would say, and it's mainly time freedom, right? I feel like when you ask an entrepreneur why they Yeah, I'm not talking about incarceration freedom. We'll make that clear, you know, yeah, we're talking about time freedom, yeah. Yes. So it's absolutely time freedom. And yes, my, my podcast is mom's freedom maker podcast. And that really came out as just me breaking free from that normal that I had created for myself, which was waking up in the morning, sitting down at my desk and just putting my nose down into the computer all day long. And I realized that by doing that, I was really trapping myself, not only into the back end of my business, but I was preventing growth preventing myself from actually being present for the things that really truly matter. So that's been a big transformation in my journey and something that I see a lot of people struggling with to this day. They feel like they have to be working. And if you think about it, if you're, if you're listening to this or watching this and you have kids and you've decided that you want to start a business, I really want you to get clear on what that would look like for you before you even start building anything, because it's really easy to like, I'm in an office right now. If somebody barges in this office, it's very easy if you're in the middle of a project to get upset at them. But if you think of why you started this business, it's most likely so that you can be present with your family. So if you're working like you're self-employed, then are you really living up to why you started this or why you wanted this type of freedom? And that's really where this stems from. That's where my new business came from is that idea of building something that actually does give you true freedom to do the things that are meaningful to you every single day. Yeah, and as a good friend of mine, he sometimes advises me on my sort of business uh, endeavors. And he came around my house once, I can remember, you know, we sat in my office uh, and he said, Simon, he said, you spend too much time sort of in your business, not enough time on your business. Mm-hmm. It's like, oof, yeah, a, a dagger to the heart. But it is very true. I, know, I mean, I know for sure I spend too much time in it and it's, you know, should be removing some of those small tasks which someone else can do. And I should be focusing on growing the things that I, that I do have. And I guess that is a trap that people fall into is, you know, why do you, you're starting a business not to become an employee within your business. You're doing it for some of the freedoms and things that you say. So yeah, fascinating. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, when you're a startup, when you're first starting, say you're a solopreneur, a lot of times people are trying to save money because obviously you might not have any coming in yet. You're in the build phase, but I think that's crippling because then a lot of times people do all of this heavy lifting in their business and they never remove themselves. So here they are a year later five years later, and they're still doing all of the things because they have a really good system and process now, but they never find ways to truly remove themselves from the back end. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you're a very driven person, obviously a very successful person, and there's been a big transformation in your life, but your little son has arrived. So I guess, um, what's it been like taking your entrepreneurial sort of spirit and mindset, um, having all these different endeavors and wanting freedom to then becoming a, a parent to a little young boy? Gave us some perspective there. Uh, It's been challenging. He is a love. I am so thankful to be a new mama. But it has had its challenges, especially as a business owner, because, you know, they say your life's going to change in an instant and that your whole world will be flipped upside down. But I never knew what that meant until it happened to me. And in the beginning, I found myself really holding on to what was, holding on to my old schedule. And the most beautiful thing has occurred, though, the most beautiful shift, because he's taught me that instead of instead of me just basically living life how I was, that he's the most important thing, that my family is the most important thing. And so now, rather than me putting work first, 
in the sense of I'm just working on the computer like crazy, waiting for him to need me. Then I go over to him when he's crying, right? Which that's how I was doing things. Now I'm with him and I do my business during nap time. So I'm fully present for him as often as possible. And that's been the biggest transformation. And I'm just so thankful that I've set this up the way that I have, right? I have ways to continue to be more present with him moving forward. Yeah, and, and it's funny you say that because I think we have a lot of sort of um, realizations in our lives and lots of transformations. And I think um, it's very interesting how you put that, Jamie, when you said that, you know, when he cries, you would go to him. And now the, the goal is to be with him when he when he's not crying. I think we all fall into that trap uh, as parents. And one of the traps that I fell into with my sons is I was very raised in very humble um, sort of background. Didn't have a lot of things that other people around me, uh, a lot of my friends had. And then I knew I wanted to make my son's lives easier than what I'd had, as in more material and sort of possessions and stuff. And it's interesting in trying to work hard to give them that, I'm then the person standing in the office for 13, 14 hours a day. And they come to me and say, dad, you know, you said 20 minutes ago, you'd come out and keep a soccer ball around or you do these things. And I think there's a heavy heart of self-awareness that I'm hearing from you, but I've also had, but that's, again, it's a dagger to the heart thinking, well, actually, this is why I'm doing the things that I'm doing is to give them these opportunities. But, you know, I need to sort of resequence what I'm thinking and just be present more, which for me is, is a challenge. I know me and you have very similar tags. Mine is a life balance mindset. So I think yours is now life balance entrepreneurship or something different. So it's, um, yeah, it's fascinating. But so... I guess the short way of saying that is, how do you find balance in your life? So I more work with work-life flow. And when I say that, it's more, I mean, you know the flow state that you get into. Like basically time stops moving. It doesn't matter, like you could be writing, you could be doing a podcast and you're just in your zone. You're lit up, you're feeling that fire, like you're just doing and serving your purpose. That I believe is flow. So it's all about figuring out, okay, when you're working, how do you make sure that when you're taking action in your business, you're in that flow state? And so it's really learning how to take inspired action rather than forced action. And previously in my business, I found myself time blocking everything. Okay, so maybe uh, Thursdays would be my podcasting day. So from 9am to 3pm, I would be putting out at least four episodes. Okay, so that's how I operated for, for an example. But my whole Monday through Friday was structured in that way previous to having a baby, right? And so now, rather than doing that, if I'm on a walk and something hits me, I'll just whip out my phone, even if it's not a microphone, I'll whip out my phone and just do an episode right there because I'm feeling inspired. And so that's when I get into flow in regards to work. But with life, it's saying, okay, you know, what do we actually want to do today? How can I make today epic? And it's finding that flow in each, each of the six major areas of your life and trying to maintain that. Because I don't really know if balance exists. I think that's something that's really fluid and is constantly going to be changing. But if you're always feeling that like sense of flow and that you're just lit up by the things that you do, I feel like that's when you're really going to feel that balance, so to speak. Yeah, and and it's I think no matter who you are, everyone struggles with with balance to some degree, um, and and everything is based on on mindset. But it's um, I think what you have to have is that self awareness. I mean, it was clearly that defining moment where you just suddenly you know, things change instead of come looking at this wrong. And I guess some people never get to that spot. Is there anything that you can say to people how to try and um, shift their mindset to become more balanced or anything that you've ever done you could share with someone? Yeah, I mean, I would say it comes with checking the reality that you're in right now. 
that's the first step. Because if you don't realize that there's a, a problem or that you're overworking, for example, then you won't really feel the need to fix it. So I would say it's getting really clear on why you want the things that you want. Okay, so if that's for more time with your kids and you're a business owner, then, then ask yourself the hard question of, am I actually doing that? When my son asks me to step outside for 20 minutes and play soccer, am I saying yes immediately and getting up and stopping what I'm doing to go do this? Or no. I, yeah. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying in 10 minutes, come back in 10 minutes. And it's like, then it's like, come back in 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's maybe a question, right? It's saying, okay, what is my current reality look like? Where do I want this to go? So where I am versus where I want to be. And then really from there, you can make an action plan on how to make it better. Well, yeah, and it's great, great advice. And I'm going to have to, I've made a few notes down here. I'm going to be trying to hold myself more, more accountable on that. So, so yeah, yeah, you just, it's not easy even for us hosts of the podcast. I interview with people and talk about these subjects. It doesn't mean that I can do them all myself. We're always constantly learning and stuff. Yeah, so, so I guess on your story of sort of um, transformation, what would you say is your biggest transformation that you've, you've had? Would you say it's into business at 15? Would you say it's your son? Um, what would you say is your biggest life transformation? I definitely, definitely having a baby has been a huge transformation. I mean, I'm not the person that I was nine months ago. He just turned nine months old last week. So that was a huge transformation. It's really shown me what's more important. You mentioned how you're working so much in order to have the financial means to support your family moving forward. And after going through this move off of Maui, and now we're just going to be traveling around for a while, it's really shown me that that life we built around us on the island for two years, all of the things that we purchased, I mean, everything from a TV to a pair of shoes, okay, to dishes in the cupboard, we got rid of everything except for two suitcases each. And it showed me that at the end of the day, as that was sad, it was hard getting rid of all of the things that I felt like we built. It was our life that we built there for two years. And so letting everything go, we're in the car, we're on the way to the airport, and I looked around me and I realized that they were still here. Steven was beside me. We had the baby in the back seat, and we had the few belongings that we felt like we needed to survive. So at the end of the day, what that meant was it was never about things. It was about the time that we had together in such a beautiful place and the memories that we'll now carry with us and the transformation that occurred on that island. And it's how do we take that transformation and the people that we've become with us throughout the rest of our life and wherever we go. Like, how can we bring that aloha to the mainland with us? But you are the perfect guest for me on Who Became because you keep <laughs> quoting the tagline. I'm loving it. I'm like, you might have to come back every week and talk about it. Okay, so, but, and so here's what I would say. So, so with me, um, I will say that I get trapped in the possessions because as a child, I didn't really have too much. I mean, my mum did an amazing job to give me and my um, siblings everything that we really wanted. And she gave us more than that she could afford. I mean, she made so many different sacrifices. But so what trapped me there is trying to create this bigger life. But what trapped you or what was trapping you into believing that material things are the key to life? I would say it was more at a young age. That's when I really started purchasing things, when I had that more traditional nine to nine job. Uh, and I think it was because a lot of my, my friends at the time I don't know. I feel like everybody was pretty materialistic in middle school and high school, at least where I was raised. And so my family really didn't buy me those things. I mean, they bought me nice clothes and everything, but not the expensive handbags. We were never like that. And so now that I had this money to buy the things that I wanted, to buy myself a nice car, to buy myself a nice purse, 
that's where my money went. I really didn't have a concept of the future or what I wanted. I wasn't thinking about that. I was so in the, in the present in regards to what I wanted in that moment. And as I'm here now in New Jersey, going through all of these things, I'm realizing that I don't need any of it. And it's pretty, it's a pretty amazing feeling to let go. And isn't it fascinating? Because I know you like um, your husband, Stephen, have been getting to know. He's a great guy. I love him. I really do. He's a really cool guy. And tell him to ring me. Me and him have got to catch up again. But, you know, you take someone like, um, you know, your fiance, Stephen, who's got, you know, a doctorate or just take any doctor, you know, um, who's helping people who sacrifice time, energy and finance. And you put them against maybe someone who's, you know, invented TikTok or whatever. And you say to someone, which one is successful? They're always going to go with, with the money, isn't it? But isn't it just fascinating how since the end of time, success has always been measured by the outward perception of wealth and that wealth is sort of monetary value. It is, you could be here in 200 years and our great, great, great grandkids would still be having that same conversation. Is um, I think we often have our, our perception is very much skewed as to what is success. And if you put a millionaire up against someone who's hardworking in their own business, but always say, that millionaire is more successful because they have possessions. Yeah, fascinating. Absolutely true. And I'm reading a book right now. I would love to recommend it. It's Essentialism. And I, I maybe you could add the author. In yeah, here. yeah, for it's sure, yeah. I just started reading it last night. And there was a quote within it, and I'm definitely going to butcher this quote, but it was along the lines of we spend all of this time working for things that we don't want to impress people that we don't like. And that hit me so hard because it's spot on. Like we spend all of this time working for things that in reality aren't essential to our happiness and they really just weigh us down. So that's been oh, a really big transformation. And I feel like a way to really figure out what matters. Yeah. And it's true. And I mean, you know, my youngest son is like soccer mad. He's, I mean, addicted to soccer. He's going to Spain next year to train with Real Madrid and all this stuff. I mean, he is soccer mad. Um, but I always get told off because when I go to his games, I'm shouting, I'm English, so a swear word is used to bridge sentences. You know, I'm trying not to swear, but I'm shouting. And, and everyone's like, you are the loudest parent here. And it's like, yeah, I want him to know that I'm here. I'm supporting him. I'm shouting, I'm screaming, telling him what he's doing wrong and stuff, you know. But for, for me, that's, that's something. I know that's going to be a memory because people always say, Simon, you're the loudest person here. He's never necessarily going to remember, but my dad gave me something or gave me my first car. It's for memories is what he's going to be telling his kids, saying, hey, your, your granddad was, would shout and scream at the sidelines and tell me what to do. Um, that, that's, that, that's going to be, that, that might not be a good memory, but that's going, to, not going to, that's going to be the memory he's going to have, yeah. So I want to make sure we, um, I give you an opportunity to talk about you and your business as to what you do now, because you are helping people find that freedom. So you know, we, we talked about your journey from, 15 into motherhood and you know all your success you've had with entrepreneurism um, but you're now helping other people find that sort of freedom you know through your podcast and other services you have so do you mind just telling us a little bit about how you help people and and how people can get engaged with some of the things that you're doing yeah absolutely so a lot of times who i work with is somebody who's feeling overwhelmed and overworked and they just really want to get into that work-life flow and find freedom whatever that means for them so I really take them into a three-phase process. So it's clarify, streamline, and then flow. So clarify is really, like I said, getting clear on their current reality, where they want to go from there, and just how they want this to look for them. It's so much more in-depth than that. But then in this streamline section of things, it's figuring out how can we remove you 
from the things that you shouldn't be doing, right? Which involves a lot of automation, delegation, elimination of things and figuring out what are you truly passionate about? How do we monetize that and make sure that you're showing up where you need to show up every day rather than being bombarded by all of the different things that come up in life and business, right? Especially as a mom, I know how you can be pulled in a million different directions. So it's making sure that you have really solid routines in place, great success rituals, all of that good stuff. So that's in the streamline section. And it doesn't even involve bringing on a large team, right? It can be things that are working for you that don't even require somebody else pushing the buttons. And then flow is really how do you combine the two and get into that flow state in every aspect of your life moving forward, which does involve, I said elimination, but it does involve, you know, having simplicity, which is what I feel a lot of people need this day and age. Yeah, no, that is definitely very true. I like it. I should sign up for your, your training my, myself, really. Come on, as, take you on as a mentor. But, so when, when we look at life and experiences, um, what, what is the one piece of advice that you've learned throughout your life that is your consistent message that you, you tell people that they should do to be happy, fulfilled, successful? What, what's your one key piece of advice you give people in life? Well, the one thing that always comes to mind for me is live the life that you want. Don't live up to the expectations of what people expect of you. Follow your dreams in your heart because at the end of your life, the only thing you would have ever regret is the fact that you didn't play full out to who you should become. Wow, powerful stuff. You have been an incredible guest. Jamie, I'm loving getting to know you and Stephen. So it's a real honor and a privilege that you, you came on the show and I got to share you with my audience. So quickly before we end, where can people um, find you? What's the best place for, for people to interact with you? Well, Mom's Free to Maker podcast is a great place if you'd like to continue getting information there. Or feel free to find me on social media, Jamie Coleman, and we can further connect there. Or if you guys are interested in receiving a work-life flow assessment session with me, to anybody who reviews the Who I Became podcast, just send a screenshot over to contact at momsfreedomaker.com and I will set you up. Well, Jamie, thank you for joining me and look forward to talking to you soon. You take care. Thank you for joining the Who I Became podcast. To help spread this inspiring story, be sure to share it with your friends, hit the like button, and of course, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss out on any future episodes. We'd also love to hear how this story impacted you. So leave us a comment on whatever platform you're watching us from. To learn more about this episode, our guests, or Simon, head over to simonosimo slash podcast and sign up to receive the latest information delivered straight to your inbox. Once again, thank you for joining us for the Who I Became podcast.